Every morning growing up, my parents got up before me and all the rest of my siblings and spent at least an hour in prayer together. When I was growing up, I knew that my parents loved me a lot, but when I moved out, I realized that they spent a lot more time loving me than being intentional about loving each other. I want to be intentional about pursuing my husband, but I'm just not sure what it looks like. I'm excited about marriage for companionship and to be able to do life with my best friend. Having someone to help me through ups and downs and pursue me and challenge me. I want to believe that marriage can be great and that as it keeps going on and on, it can get better. What does it take for that to happen? Is it possible for two people to fall in love and stay in love forever? Good morning, Genesis Church. Uh, my name is Steve Wall, and I'm the campus pastor for our Carmel campus at Genesis, so I don't get a chance to be here. Thank you for the Carmel love. I appreciate that from the front row. Hey, I, I don't get the chance to be here very often, but I'm really glad to be with you today as we start this new series called From This Day Forward. Uh, it's a four-week series, and as Paul said, uh, it's called From This Day Forward, and all throughout this series, we're going to ask that question. It was at the end of that video. And the question is this, is it possible for two people to fall in love and stay in love forever. You know, all of us come from different backgrounds. We all grew up differently. Some of us came from a background where our parents were together throughout our whole childhood, right? And some of us came from homes where the parents were divorced. I mean, that's my background. And some of us came from homes where we didn't even know our parents or maybe didn't know one of our parents. And some of us would probably say that while we grew up in a, in a house with both of our parents, that I wouldn't exactly call that a loving relationship. And so the truth is that even though we come from different backgrounds, wherever we've seen that not work in our lives, uh, you know, we know that, it's, that there are some people who make it work. And, but the reason that we're asking the question this way, is it possible for two people to fall in love and stay in love forever, is because of this. This series is not about how you can get married. And if you're already married, it's not about how you can stay married. Because we all know people that have stayed married maybe far after we think they should have, right? Or we know people that have stayed together for the kids. Or we know to people who have stayed together out of convenience. But I think what we all want is to find that one person where we can have a long-term loving relationship and fall in love and stay in love for the rest of our lives. And no matter what your background, no matter what kind of household you grew up in, now, no matter uh, what your personal love life has been to this point, you know, wherever you've seen this not work, I think deep down inside of every one of us, there's something that believes that it is possible to fall in love and stay in love forever. And not just in a generic sense, is it possible, but that I think all of us believe that deep down inside of us, we have this place that we believe it's possible for me to fall in love and stay in love forever. And even if I stood up here for the next 30 minutes and tried to convince you that it's not possible, and even if we took the next four weeks and tried to tell you, no, you know what, it's not possible to fall in love and stay in love forever, there'd be this thing down inside of you that says, yes, it is possible, and it's possible for me. Well, today, I want to let you off the hook very early in this series and tell you that we do believe that it is possible for two people to fall in love and stay in love forever, but not 
if you do what everyone else does. And not if you do what's normal. You need to be willing to do something different. You need to do something abnormal. Now, for some of you, that comes naturally to do something abnormal. Now, for some of you, it won't, okay? But, but staying in love with one person, in fact, staying married for your entire life is not normal in the United States. And in fact, in most of the world, it's not normal. Statistics still show us that about half, you know, 50% or more of all marriages end in divorce. Now, let me ask you this. Would you settle for those odds in any other area of your life? A 50% chance of success? I mean, if you knew that your food was poisoned at lunch, would you eat it? Probably not, right? I would hope not. If you knew that there was a 50% chance that your house would be robbed, would you still live there? If you knew there was a 50% chance of you losing your job, you'd probably be looking for something else, right? I mean, if you knew that when you walked out the door this morning, there was a 50% chance that you'd get attacked by killer cats, all right? You'd never leave the house, right? No, you wouldn't. So why settle for those odds in marriage? I mean, if you want to fall in love and stay in love, that's going to be different from most marriages. Would you agree with me? Yeah, a few people agree with me. Thank you. If, if you're going to fall in love and stay in love forever, that's going to be different from most marriages. And, and so let me tell you why this is important, okay? This series, this idea of falling in love and staying in love forever is not just important for you. It's not just about your happiness. It's not about your spouse. If you have kids, it's not even about your family. But if you're a Christian, your marriage could be the greatest evangelism tool that you have. I mean, your marriage can be the greatest way to reach your neighbors. It can be the best way to reach your coworkers. I mean, just think about this. What if our marriages as Christians look different from everybody else's? I mean, how great would it be if our marriages lasted longer, if they loved harder, if, if they were better, looked better than everybody else's marriages? How many people would look at us and think, well, I may not believe what he believes, but I sure want a marriage like that. You know, I may not really know about this Jesus person, but I'd sure like to marry one of them someday. And so if you want to love how no one else is loving, you have to do what no one else is doing. And so over the four weeks of this series, what we're going to do is we're going to look at four commitments, uh, four things that we can do to ensure that you fall in love and stay in love forever. And these four commitments are true, whether you're single and looking or, or whether you're currently married or whether you're divorced or whether you're married again. And you can start right where you are. And these commitments, they're going to be up here on the screen. You can see them. These commitments are seek God, fight fair, have fun, and never give up. Now, as we go through the four weeks of this series, it's important. You're going to see these a lot. So why don't we go through these together? Okay, will you say these with me? Seek God, fight fair, have fun, never give up. And so over the four weeks of this series, that's what we're going to talk about. And so today, we're going to talk about what it means to seek God. Now, we've called this series from this day forward because when most people take a wedding vow, they probably say something along these lines. You know, I, Steve, take you, Benita, to be my lawfully wedded wife, to have and to hold what? From this day forward, right? For richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, till what? Till I don't feel like it anymore? Till I feel like I'm falling out of love with you? Until I, 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 your attitude changes and I don't like you so much anymore? No. Till death do us part, right? And that means forever. Till death do us part. Now, one more thing about from this day forward. When we say that, we're talking about starting now 
and looking forward, right? And so the beautiful thing about from this day forward is that it's a phrase that doesn't bother with the past. You know, what you've done is not important. Who, who you've loved is not important. How you've failed is not important. What's important is what happens from this day forward. And that's great because it means that over the next four weeks, the commitments we're going to talk about, uh, you can put in place now to help your relationship. It means if you're married, how many of you are married? Okay, good. If you're married, if your marriage is good, it can be great if you put these four commitments into place. If your marriage is failing, if it's, if it's not doing so well, you can help make your marriage great by putting these four commitments in place. Okay? Now, how many of you are not married but want to be someday? Raise your hand. Okay, leave your hands up. Everybody look around. Okay, this is your mission field right here. Take a look. If you are not married, I'm not raising my hand because I'm in that group, by the way. I was just demonstrating. So I'm going to make sure that's, that's clear. I am happily married. My wife will tell you how happily I'm married. Um, <laughs> I'm going to just start preaching again, okay? (laughs) So even if you're not married, we're going to give you some tricks, some tips, uh, some tools that you can use to start to prepare you for having that kind of relationship, to fall in love and stay in love forever. In fact, I want to start with you today, okay? If you're not married, I want to start with you, those of you who aren't yet married. There's a good chance that if you're not married, you're out there looking for the one, right? Now, you may not say it that way. You might say, I just want to find my soulmate, or, or I'm looking for a kindred spirit, Or, I love this one, I just want to find someone who will love me for me, right? Because we all know it's easier to find somebody who loves us like we are than it is for us to change, isn't it? So I want to, whatever you say, there's a good chance that you're looking for that one person. Like you believe that God, or if you don't believe in God, that fate or whatever has that one person for you that the key to happiness is to find that one person who's perfect for you and we won't be fulfilled until we find the one. Can I just be honest with you this morning? I just want to tell you that God wants to be your one. You know, God wants to be your one. In fact, if you want to know the first key to falling in love and staying in love forever, and these are in your worship program, if you want to follow along, key number one is this, make God your one. Focus on finding your two. Make God your one, focus on finding your two. And when we talk about that, we're going to take the cue, uh, take some of our wisdom from where we get a lot of our wisdom from Jesus. Okay, now when Jesus walked the earth, he would often have a lot of people approach him and try to trick him, okay? Especially the Pharisees. This group we know as the Pharisees were the teachers of the law. And there was this one time that the Pharisees tried to test his knowledge of Scripture. Now let me just say something, okay? If you fancy yourself a basketball player, if we've got basketball players in the room, don't challenge LeBron James to one-on-one, all right? If you, maybe you think you're a great chef, Don't challenge Emeril to a cooking contest, right? And if you think you know a lot about Scripture, don't challenge Jesus on his knowledge of Scripture, no matter how smart you think you are. But that's what the Pharisees decided to do. And so this man asked him, he said, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus' answer, which you can find in Matthew 22, I think it applies to our lives for sure, but I think it applies to our marriages as well. Matthew 22, 37, if you have your Bible, or it's up here on the side screens. Jesus answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and most important commandment. And the second command is like the first, love your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus says the most important thing you can do, the most important, the key commandment in everything you do 
is to love the Lord your God, to seek his ways, to do that first. And so when you're building your business, seek God. If you're trying to raise your family, you're trying to raise your kids, seek God. If you're managing your finances, seek God first. And when you're looking for a mate, you're trying to find that special someone, seek God first. Because look, there are certain things that we all want from our relationships, especially our marriage relationship, okay? We we all want to feel loved, right? Don't you want to feel loved? I think we all want to feel loved. We all want to feel needed. We all want to feel secure. You know, we all want to uh, raise great kids. If we want to have kids, nobody ever says, you know what I want to do is get married and have three average kids. Nobody ever says that, right? We want great kids. We all want financial blessings. You know, but scripture is clear. If we seek any of those things first in our lives, we, if any of those things become the top priority for us, we may not find them. But Jesus said it this way a little earlier in his ministry. In Matthew 6, he said, but seek first his kingdom, that's God's, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Well, what does that mean? Well, I like how another translation, a slightly different translation of the Bible puts it. It says, seek first God's kingdom and what God wants then all your other needs will be met as well. And so what this tells us is if we seek financial security first, we may not find it. You know, if we seek to feel loved first and foremost, we may not feel it. But that if we seek God's kingdom first, then everything we need, everything we want, everything that we desire will be given to us. You know, make God your one. Focus on finding your two. Now, how does this play out in real life? Well, if you're single, you know, maybe you're living the college life or maybe you're getting ready to go live the college life. Maybe you're living the single life. You're out partying a lot. You're out meeting a lot of people. You're testing the waters. You're you're in and out of a lot of relationships. And all the while, you're looking for the one, right? Let me ask you this. What will the one think of your lifestyle? What do you think the one... Is looking for. I mean, if you're single and you're looking for your two, uh, there's a good chance you're not looking for somebody who's sleeping around. There's a good chance that you're not looking for somebody who's out uh, getting drunk every weekend and throwing up on the weekend. That's not a very attractive trait in a potential mate, right? You're probably not looking for someone who's in a different relationship every couple of months, but maybe that's what you're doing. And you're justifying it by saying, you know, well, I'm just doing this until the right person comes along and then I'll stop. But if the right person came along right now, What would they think about your life? Would it be attractive to them or would it push them away? You know, it's important to remember this, okay, that we judge other people. We judge ourselves on our intentions, don't we? But we judge other people on their actions. And so while you may think, you may understand that you have pure intentions, you have the best of intentions, your two or potential two may not see that. They're going to judge you on your actions. So what do your actions say to them? See, here's what it means to make God your one, even when you're single. It means, I know you want to find someone. Yes, I get that. I know that you may feel lonely right now. But in this time, this period of uncertainty, you need to stop working so hard to find the person you want to marry and work very hard to become the person you want to marry. You know, become the person you'd want to marry because uh, that means even when you're single, you're trying to live a life that's full of integrity, that's full of honor, you know, full of fun, yes, absolutely, but full of purity. In fact, I love how one pastor says it. He says it this way, become the person 
the person you're looking for is looking for. Become the person the person you're looking for is looking for. You know, we think about what is the person I'm looking for, looking for in a potential mate. Because when we get married, we all want to be in a pure relationship, right? We, we want to be, we want to have a spouse who's faithful to us. We, we want a marriage where we can love and laugh and trust each other and go to bat for each other and know that we have each other's backs and we have pure motives and we're full of integrity. I mean, just think if every marriage was like that, forget everything else. What if we just always trusted each other? Like uh, me and my spouse, we always trust each other. We know, you know, that we're being uh, truthful to one another. We know that we're being faithful to one another. How, how many divorces could be avoided if that was just true? I mean, how many affairs could be dodged? And so many times we think, that's great. Okay, I I want that. I definitely want that. And as soon as I meet someone, then I'll start living a pure life. But for now, why not live it up? I mean, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free, right? Why not test the waters a little bit? Here's why not. And this is true in marriage and it's true in most of your life. You can't build a life of purity on a foundation of sin. You can't. You can't build a life of purity on a foundation of sin. You know, the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the church in Ephesus, wrote it this way in Ephesians 5, 3. He's writing to the church, to the people in a church, a church much like this one, and it says this, But among you, there must be not even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Now, what does this mean? If you're a Christian, it means... Not even a hint. Not even a hint. Well, what is a hint of sexual immorality? Is watching a movie that gets you a little too excited a hint? Yeah, I think it is. Is reading something or listening to something that's maybe too sexual arousing, is that a hint? Yeah, sure it is. I mean, because think about this. In God's eyes, there's wrong and right. There's black and white. There are not 50 shades of gray. Is flirting with someone who's married a hint? You bet it is. Now, here's what this verse says. These things are improper for whom? For God's holy people. And so if you're here today and you're not a Christian, let me just tell you, you can do what you want. I mean, it may not be the smartest thing for you. It may not be the best decision you ever make for your life, but it's your body. You do what you want. But if you're here, and you claim to be a follower of Jesus, your body's not even your body. Scripture tells us that you were bought with a price. Now, what does all this look like for those of us who are already married? You know, if we're to make God our one, then once we're married, it means this. We're going to seek the one with your two. Seek the one with your two. So if we're going to make this first commitment in our marriages, if we're going to seek God together on a regular basis, okay, on a daily basis, we need to get together with our two and seek the one. Now think about this. We we talked earlier in the message about this vow that you took. When you got married, you took a vow. And if you got married in a church with a preacher or with a pastor standing before you, your vow probably said something like this, for better or for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part, so what? So help me God, right? Probably said something like that. But, but I want to turn it around today and say it like this. Till death do us part, so help me God. You know, help me to be the husband I need to be. 
Help me to be the wife I need to be. Help me to have the patience I need to have. Help me to have the love for my spouse that I used to have. You know, help me. Because if we're going to fall in love and stay in love forever, we need God's wisdom. We, we need his provision in our marriage. We need his, his protection in our marriage. And we need to know his will and we need to seek it together. So to do that, we need to seek the one with our two. Well, how? What does that look like for a couple when you're married? What does it look like to seek the one with your two? Well, as I was preparing this message this week, I thought of a lot of different ways that we could do this. Okay, we, we could read scripture together. That's important. I mean, the Bible has God's great wisdom. And if you read scripture together, you're going to be seeking God together. Maybe you could do a devotional, you know, buy a couple copies of the same book and sit down together every day and go through that. Or, or you join a Bible study, join a connection group. Uh, here at Genesis, together with other couples where you can talk about these things or, or make a commitment to go to church together. We're always going to show up together on Sunday as many times as we can or, or go to a marriage conference or a retreat. And those are all great things. I mean, all of those things could help your marriage get better. But I didn't want to send you out those doors going in a hundred different directions. And the danger of giving you too many options is that you get so overwhelmed that you leave here and decide... To do nothing. And so I wanted to focus on one. And it's what I think is the one single most powerful way that you can seek the one with your two. And it's a challenge that I want to make to you today. And so if you're here in the room and you're married or you're engaged or you're in a love relationship that you think may be going somewhere, here's the challenge I want to give you, okay? Pray together every day. Pray together every day. That's it. It's that simple. And maybe it's too simple. All right, maybe you feel a little bit ripped off right now. I mean, you're, you feel like, I want to get my offering back. Is that what I came here for, you know? Come on, Steve, that's the best you got. I mean, my marriage is falling apart and you're telling me to pray. My husband's working until 9, 10 o'clock every night and you're saying that praying is going to help that. You know, my wife's spending our money like there's no tomorrow and you think that prayer is going to help that. I'm just saying try it. You know, for the next week, from now until next Sunday... Pray together every day, both of you, out loud, and see if your relationship doesn't start to change. Because when you get together and seek God together, great things are going to happen. And the Bible tells us, Second Chronicles 7.14, uh, God says it this way. He says, if my people who are called by my name, now today we call that Christians, right? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Now, that's a lot of ifs, all right? But if we do that, God promises this. He says, I will heal, hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. God says, I will heal your land. I will heal your lives. I'll heal their marriages. I'll, I'll heal their relationships. I'll, I'll help you to see each other through my eyes. You know, God says, I'll create a bond. It's not just two people bound together together. But it's two becoming one flesh under God. And, and let me tell you why this works, okay? Apart from the very, uh, very uh, good but very general sense of seeking God's will and seeking God's wisdom, let me tell you what happens when you pray together. It, it's hard to fight with someone that you're always praying with. It, it's hard to have an affair on someone that you're always praying with. It's hard to lie to somebody that you're always praying with. Guys, it's hard to look at pornography when you're always praying with your wife. Now, 
I know, and I just want to acknowledge that for some of you, this is really difficult. You know, because your spouse doesn't come to church with you. He doesn't believe what you believe, or maybe she isn't buying the whole Jesus thing right now. She's got other priorities in her life. You know, maybe your spouse, maybe you're here and your spouse doesn't even love you right now. And maybe you're separated or you're going through a divorce or you're in an affair or he's in an affair or she's in an affair. But you can start by praying for each other. You can start by praying for your spouse every day, wherever you can go. Find a place, whether it's with your spouse, with your fiance or alone, if you have to, where you can pray every day. But if you do pray with somebody, okay, if you pray with your spouse, you pray with your fiance, you pray with your boyfriend or girlfriend, I want to warn you about something, okay? Praying together is an intimate act. And intimate acts will sometimes lead to other intimate acts. Because you're open, you're sharing your feelings, you're you're vulnerable, you're in this place where, well, it can lead to another intimate act act. And so husbands, I guess what I'm saying is if you want more intimate acts with your wife, you should be intentional about praying with your wife every day. Let me just say it this way. Okay. If, um, if you are not married, if you're engaged or you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, you need to pray standing up. Okay. Don't pray lying down. I want you to pray standing up, maybe in opposite corners of the room, potentially with a chaperone. Okay. If you're married, you can pray however you want. You can lay on the couch, you can cuddle together, whatever you want to do. But if you're not married, you just need to be very careful because prayer is an intimate act. All right, but pray together however you want, but just pray together every day. Try it for a week and see if it doesn't change your relationship. See if it doesn't incline your heart toward your spouse and toward God. See if it doesn't clear your head and help you gain wisdom to fall in love and stay in love forever. Make God your one. Focus on finding your two. And once you find your two, we're going to seek the one together with our two. But above all things, we should seek first the kingdom of God. And all these other things will be given to us as well. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you that you created the idea of marriage. That, that early on in creation, you had this revelation that, that it's not good for man to be alone, that men and women need each other. We desire each other. We need that, that helpmate, that, that soulmate, that other person that completes us in our lives. And you saw that and, and that you created that for us. And God, I thank you that you've given each of us deep down in our heart this idea that it is possible to fall in love and stay in love forever. And God, that it's possible for not just in a generic sense, but it's possible for me. And we know that you've given us all different upbringings, different circumstances, and all of us look at this idea of love and marriage so much differently, God, but that you have one plan and one desire for our marriages, and that's to fall in love and stay in love forever. And we just thank you for the wisdom you give us to do that. And we pray that this week that you would help us to seek your wisdom, to seek your will, to seek you together uh, with our two, you know, whether it's our spouse, our fiance, and God, if it For those of us who are single in this room, I just pray that you would help us to have that pure life, that life that you desire us to have, that life that will lead, build a foundation for falling in love and staying in love forever. Lord, would you help give us the boldness this week to sit down and pray with our spouse, to pray for our spouse, to pray with our fiance or for our fiance. Would you give us the boldness to move forward in that and to seek you above all things? In Jesus' name.
Amen.